Guys, I want to give you some context into the exact time that it is now, what I'm doing, what I was going to do and what I'm going to do instead. It's now Saturday, the day before I release this podcast. It is quarter to seven in the evening and I was I was just reaching to press record on this podcast and I just thought I was going to go and look what's happening on Twitter, which is what I do most of the day, actually, if I'm to be honest. And the first thing I saw, it was just a news headline, former Love Island presenter Caroline Flack has died. Now, in all the time I've been on Twitter and there have been announcements of public figures dying, I don't think there's ever been a time where one where, where I just like had a sharp inhale of breath and was like shocked and stunned and mildly affected in so much as I've, my immediate thought was imagine having on paper everything got and saying on paper is critical to what I'm going to say next imagine having on paper everything that you could want and still being dissatisfied with life and I'm not saying that in a by the way sorry I need to take a step back this is just me speculating and and I have no way of knowing how she's died but given everything that she's given the media furore surrounding her in the last three or so months, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a suicide because, you know, even the most cursory observer of Caroline Flack's story would be aware that she is, how can I put this, that she's emotionally fragile at times, she's taken a lot of heat at times, and I'm not I'm not making a decision on any one of those things, whether whether they've been justified or otherwise. I'm just saying they are what they are. The facts are what the facts are. And I just thought, imagine being in the position where you do have everything you've ever wanted, yet it isn't enough. And just when I say you've got everything you've ever wanted, I was at an event, I think it was 2018, and Caroline Flack was one of the guest speakers and she was telling her whole story. And she's always wanted to be a presenter. And yeah, I could relate to so much of what she's saying in so much as like when you know that's what you're great at, you know, you, you, your ability to engage with audiences and just being able to carry a show or to carry content. That's all she ever wanted to do. And then gradually she started to get these jobs on national TV, on ITV, then the bigger roles came and some of them disappeared, like X Factor. Um, so I, just as she was at that event, as she was speaking, I just felt a real connection to what she was saying. As someone who's been chiseling away for maybe, this is me personally, someone that's been chiseling away at this thing called entertainment for like 15 years, so nowhere near the success of her. But regardless, just the... Uh, commitment and desire that she had I really connected with it and as far as presenters go I think I mentioned in episode 
two of these podcasts. There's a lot of presenters on TV that I don't know how they're there. And when they're on, I switch over. Caroline Flack isn't necessarily one of them. Like, she's not my favourite presenter, but she's always been someone I've been like, yeah, I can get why she's there. She's she's like, she's super competent. competent. Um, she's accessible she's she's warm she's fun blah 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 blah. she's not boring like maybe ollie willoughby is to me anyway so what i'm basically saying is when long-winded apologize what i'm basically saying is you're hearing my voice maybe two minutes three minutes max of me just learning this on twitter um and it was i the 40-year-old TV presenter of Love Island, Caroline Flack, has died. Her family have announced the news a short while ago. I just that was that was what I that's what I watched. The Sky News report. So um yeah, it's kind of made me reflect on what I was going to talk about today and just make a few adjustments, which is which is I don't know whether it's necessary, but I've basically just taken out all the knob jokes, if I'm too brutally honest with you, because it's like, yeah, a lot of what I was going to talk about still applies, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just plow ahead regardless. But I just wanted to start this podcast by letting you know where my head is right now. I was thinking, is is this open and necessary? Like, does it just do the podcast as if you've not been aware of this new story? But something in my gut was saying that is quite relevant to what you're going to talk about today. So just open and. I will let you guys decide what you wish to make of today's episode. So everything from now on is the podcast as I planned it. So, hi, how are you? Um, I want to open with this excerpt from an interview with author, speaker and coach Bob Proctor. I think this was recorded in the 70s. Bob is still alive and he's one of my favourite um, humans, but I want you to tell me whether or not you agree with what he says or whether you think it is utter garbage, specifically what he says about if you ever broke down um, on the road. Have a listen. Let me digress for a second. The whole universe operates by laws and there's a law of opposites. It's called the law of polarity. Everything has its opposite. There's a right and a left side. Mm-hmm. There's a front and a back, an up and a down, a hot and a cold, positive and negative, yang okay. the yang. You know, well, you can think negative or you can think positive, but you can't think both at the same time. You're only going to think one way at the same at one time. And we have to train our mind to think or look for the positive or the good in things. There's good in everything. There's no such thing as no good car broke down on the way over to the station. There's something good about it. There's something good about it. Now, you may have to look to find out what it is. Okay. There is good in everything. There is no such thing as no good. Would you agree with that statement? Or would you think, I don't agree. There's inherently bad in everything. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm now saying this sentence with a different i'm now saying this sentence almost embarrassed if i'd have opened the show like this before the caroline flack thing i'd be 100 committed so i do believe this because i do but now i'm thinking well what's the good in that situation and now i'm actually hearing me say this out loud and i'm like yeah mate you you should have probably reconsidered the opening as well but 
I don't know if you can even tell my voice is a bit shaky, but my hand is fucking shaking. It really is. And um, I generally believe what Bob said there is true. And every time I put it to the test, I've been satisfied with my findings. Then this week happened. And after I received unquestionably the most offensive personal attack on me, my appearance and my content on YouTube, finding the good in that comment was, let's say, fraught. Um, I'm, I'm going to share the YouTube comment with you in a bit. The comment is still on YouTube, by the way. I've decided to leave it there for reasons we'll explain in a bit, and we'll, we'll go over that comment in a bit. Plus, I also want to ask you guys, if you think, given we're in Valentine's week, if you think it is okay whilst in a relationship with one person to find another person attractive. Historically, this is a conversation that has always annoyed the hell out of me. So I'm just going to warn you, be prepared. I might get a little bit ranty. All right. But first, let's go over your thoughts on last week's show because there were some interesting observations. And the first one comes from Jamie and Jamie is referencing when I asked how deep are the conversations you have with yourself how granular do you get when it comes to either trying to talk yourself out of something or trying to talk yourself into something but it's usually trying to talk, talk yourself out of it like how drawn out and protracted and lengthy and arduous and is tumultuous a word I've ever used before? I'm not sure. But how tumultuous are those conversations you have with yourself when you're trying to keep yourself safe and you don't want to take a risk? Because I was saying that I'm like, I have like full on conversations with myself that almost read like a screenplay. And Jamie, Jamie says, if I think about it, then I probably deliberate and double-guess myself over certain things as much as you do, CK. I just find it pretty funny that you perceive the experience as a conversation between two CKs. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude, of course it's two CKs. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> who else? Who else am I going to talk to? To which he replied, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, mocking your method of deliberation. I think I would probably go a bit insane, however, if I did that with myself. I tend to go to the other extreme and try to remove myself completely and try to figure things out almost as an external viewer, which now I think about it sounds equally equally insane. Yeah, you're damn right it does, mate. I'm not I'm not inviting anybody else into my shitstorm of a brain. I don't think anybody deserves that. So, it is 100% CK versus CK and Sam this is what Sam says on Instagram. Just listen to your podcast on the way home, CK. As far as conversations with yourself is concerned, my day job is being a salesperson in a bed and furniture store. Maybe not exactly the best fit for me as I have issues with public speaking and speaking to strangers. But... I get by nonetheless. However, every day I probably have an internal dialogue as I approach a new customer worried I'm going to piss them off. 
how I can do the best for both myself in regards to my targets and the customer, what to say and how to say it, whether my co-workers are watching and what they will think. It's really quite stressful and feels like a rush of fear all at once. On the flip side, in an environment I feel a bit more comfortable in, such as filmmaking, for example, I find it much easier to engage with people. But even then, I have a sense of imposter syndrome. Long-winded, CK, but there's a little insight for you. First thing I thought when I read that from Sam was, yeah, I kind of get that. I think everybody has their zone of comfort where you just, what's the term that people use nowadays? You're just in the flow and you're just in your element and you're not even aware of other humans to a degree. And those those zones are often in the minority for the most of the time. We're just prancing through life worrying what everybody else is thinking about us. But one thing that I've, I'll never forget when I heard this saying, again from Bob Proctor, who I played at the top of the show, the the speaker, author, and coach. One thing he once said in an interview, I watch a lot of his interviews, which really made sense. Once I applied it to myself, he said, if you knew how little other people are thinking about you, you wouldn't worry about what other people think about you at all. And that just seemed to make sense to me because, you know, it's, it's really easy in our narcissistic little bubble to think everybody's observing every little move we make. But I just ask myself, how often am I worrying about what anybody else is doing? And the answer is often very little time is spent worrying about other people. So it's like, well, why would they be worrying about you? It's odd. And the and the best way I can explain it, you know when you know when you're on Instagram, for example, you know when you're on Instagram and someone's post lands on your feed and you're like, shit, I've not seen one of your posts in about nine months. Yeah, but you didn't even notice you hadn't seen them, did you? Because you, you, there's so much shit in the world that you love their content, you didn't even realise there's been nine months without it. So again, dude, all I can say to you, Sam, is I 100% understand and relate to your scenario. All I would beg you to do, or at least is add it to your diet of inner dialogue. Add this to your diet, Sam, right? Add this. Whenever you start thinking about other people, think, do you know what? I would argue, actually, people are probably concerned about what I'm doing far less than I think they are. That always helps me. I don't know if it's going to help you, but it always, without question, helps me. So give it a go, dude. And let me know if it assists. I want to talk about Valentine's week because, again, I was on Instagram this week. You're probably getting a common thread here. I spend a lot of time on social media and in the interest of full disclosure, I think I might have a mild problem. And I don't say that in the typical CK, ha-ha, ironic way. I genuinely mean it. And that I can't believe I've even just shared that with you because I'm not really a sharer. All of my things, all of my, I'm, I'm very anecdotal usually. So, but I think I might have a slight issue there, but maybe we'll address that another time. because I'm really thinking I've overshared. Anyway, I was on Instagram and one of the people I follow is, is US entrepreneur and very rich human, Tom Billiao. And he has an online show in addition to all of his business concerns. He has an online TV show and it's all about becoming the better version of you. And his wife has her own show and they joined for this show where they put a clip on and they're talking about relationships. Remember, it's Valentine's Day weekend. And this is what Tom says. And this sparked, uh, this opened a lot of wounds for me. Listen to what Tom says. And let me know what you think. 
Here's the truth of being a man and a woman. You're always going to find somebody else attractive. I'm always going to find somebody else attractive. Commitment is about... You said that on our first date, and yeah, I remember 100%. that was the biggest thing. I was like, wow, I love how honest he is. It was, it's so weird to me that people tell each other, like, oh, my God, if you find that person attractive, like, and they flip their shit, and they're going crazy because the waitress is good-looking, and they think their husband, well, like, glanced or whatever. I told my ex that I liked Brad like, Pitt, and we, it was, like, one of the biggest arguments we ever had because yeah. I mentioned his abs. This is crazy. And so I was like, of course you're going to find Brad Pitt attractive with the abs. This is, like, right around Fight Club. I was like, fuck, I thought he was attractive. <laughs> like, if I could reach in the screen and pull those abs on for myself, I would do it in a heartbeat. So I was listening to Tom saying that, and I was like... I was like, yeah, I mean, there's nothing you've just said there that I don't agree with. This is something that's bothered me in the past, both in relationships and outside of relationships, observing other people in relationships, getting annoyed when their partner looks at another human and finds them attractive. I don't care whether it's a man looking at a woman or a woman looking at a man, either one of them finding someone else attractive and then their partner is getting pissed off. I get pissed off. And it's just... Very few things in the world annoy me. I'm often, like, weirdly even killed. You'd be amazed at things that normally happen that don't shake me up. And this has just historically been one of those things that really gets my back up. Like, jealousy as a personality trait, I can think of few more insipid, disgusting, Repellent personality traits than jealousy. I, I just can't stand it. It's I don't I don't have that ability to be jealous of another human being because I think at the risk of sounding like a giant egomaniac, I have a high enough regard of myself that if anybody decided that they wished to be to cheat on me, then fine, fair enough. Let's just part company and move on. Like I'm not I'm not invested in us to the point where that is going to cripple me it's just not going to happen so jealousy has just never been a thing that I could relate to and reading or should I say listening to Tom say that I was like do I want to read what people have written under this video because I know it's probably going to get my back up and people are going to say why should you be looking at other women why should she be looking at other men ah. I was like do I really want to go into his feed <laughs> you know how humans are almost like sadists and and you know like you almost want to touch the flame like i don't know what was going through me that day but i thought you know what i'm gonna have a peekaboo i'm gonna have a look see what people have written in the comments and i immediately thought yeah you shouldn't have done that dude <laughs> um let me just share um where's uh, I, I, there's one set of comments that someone wrote and it was you know i mean to be fair to start with it wasn't that annoying but then the more i actually started talking to her i was like Ugh. so this person wrote of course we can see others as attractive but i think finding someone attractive and being attracted to someone else is a whole different ball game let me just read that again for you because i had to read it three times of course we can see others as attractive but i think finding someone attractive and being attracted to someone else is a whole different ball game so at this point i read it a third time but i'm going to save you that indignity i, I was trying to figure out the distinction between being attracted to someone and finding someone attractive i thought they were the same thing but with age i'm becoming more and more open to other perspectives like in my 20 i just written this person off as a nut job so i replied um, what is the difference? I'm so confused. And the woman replied, 
You can acknowledge that someone is attractive or good looking, but to be attracted to a person means you wish for them. If you are in a committed relationship, then you should not wish to see yourself with others. To which I replied, I'm struggling with your distinction. Let's say, for example, I'm single and generally find redheads attractive. One day, I see a redhead in a coffee shop and instantly find her attractive. I approach, say hi, and we get along. We arrange a date and eventually, months later, we're in a committed relationship. Is my biology now immediately aware of my new relationship status, thus no longer being attracted to redheads? Not that I'm the type to act on this attraction, but expecting the attraction to disappear into oblivion is both odd and biologically inconceivable. And she replied with... Of course, you still find redheads attractive, but your redhead should be the only one you are attracted to. The one you want to go home to, the one you think of. Now, I'm going to re- I'm going to tell you what I replied with now, but I'm going to just let you know, first of all, I'm, I'm madly ashamed of what I replied with. I'm going to tell you why in a bit. I replied with bollocks. The reason I replied with bollocks is because I knew that the further and the more I engage with this woman, and she's entitled to her opinion, by the way, the more I'd get frustrated. I didn't, I was still struggling to figure out, A, the difference between being attracted to someone and finding someone attractive. I was struggling with that. But moreover, the suggestion that if you are attracted to someone, then that means you want to be with them, which is detracting from your love to your existing partner. There was just so many functions of this conversation that I was troubled with. And I just realised I had to cut it off now to save for both of our benefits. So I just went with bollocks. Now, the minute I, 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 I replied with bollocks, I think, I think it was about maybe 90 seconds later, maximum. I was a bit ashamed of that. I was like, dude, like, I think you're a bit old to be replying with bollocks. Like that was my genuine thought. Right. I was like, Jesus Christ, how old are you again? And that's the kind of thing I'd have done in my twenties. Like, why can't I just concede with disagree and then just move along? So I wasn't overly impressed with how I replied but I obviously wasn't that ashamed because I didn't delete it for some reason I was like oh it doesn't matter I'll I'll, I'll just leave it it is what it is I'll just not do it next time and then the more I thought about what but what is the distinction between finding someone attractive and being attracted to someone not only do I not see the difference I don't think either one are off limits in a relationship. No, if, if I'm, I, I, I've never been in a relationship with a girl or a woman who hasn't told me who she finds attractive. And I'm like, to be fair, I see your point. Like one of my exes had a thing for Cristiano Ronaldo. And let's be honest, he's a handsome guy, a talented guy, and he's fucking rich. <laughs> I'm like, to be fair, I've got the hots for Ronaldo, right? Um... And another one of my exes had a thing for Hugh Jackman. Like, Hugh Jackman is just the kind of guy he'd want to hang out with and have a beer. I get it. He's Wolverine. He has fucking... He has forks for hands, right? I get it. Neither one of those annoyed me. And, I, and, I, and you know, whether my exes were 
found these men attractive or were attracted to them, I don't see the distinction. But not only do I not see the distinction, either one of those scenarios doesn't bother me. Whether they find them attractive or they are attracted to them. Do you know what the distinction or what the difference is between those two things? And would either one of them bother you? Seriously question, right? If your boyfriend or girlfriend is finds someone else attractive, does it bother you? And if they're attracted to someone, does it bother you? And is there a difference between the two? And as these questions swirled around in my head, I thought, well, at least you've got a great opportunity to go and bother people in the street. Because <laughs> you know what? I don't get the difference, but I'm going to go out like I did in last week's show. I'm going to approach random people in a coffee shop and I'm going to ask them the question and see if they know the difference. So I had this thought on Wednesday. I thought, right, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, between now and the show, I'm going to go out and speak to people in the streets. And I had that thought on Wednesday. Two days later, it's Friday, as in, you know, Friday of this week. And I was ready to leave the house and go and find human to talk to. I thought I'd have one last check of my emails and then it happened. All right, guys, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm now going to read what I saw in my email inbox. And this isn't clickbait. This isn't hyperbole. This isn't me over hyping the scenario. The fact is, right, I basically received the most uh, personal, it's like, it's like, just like personal, hurtful shit in a YouTube comment. Like, and it's not even specifically isolated to the fact that this person didn't like my video. It was going into my appearance, what I look like, the fact I look weird. And in all my time online, no one's ever gone to this. I don't even, I don't know what this person is, but no one's ever gone to this length to let them know that they don't think I have a place on this earth. And it was like, this was literally as I was about to leave the house to meet people. And this kind of made me think, oh, actually, I don't think I want to do that anymore. I'm just being honest with you. There's no point in me doing this podcast if I'm going to bullshit you. And it was, it was, it, it, it stung. All right. And I'm going to read, a, I'm going to read a bit of it because to be fair, it is quite long. And like I said, the comment is still online. So, you know, if, if you're into that kind of thing, go and have a look. But uh, in, in terms of the actual, sh it was posted underneath my latest documentary, Waiting With A Killer. And this is how this person opens. Skip this guy. This vid is awful. Has nothing to do with a serial killer. I mean, I never said it did, to be fair. This has got to be one of the worst interviews or vids I've ever seen in my life. It's just a random dude talking to a dude. Um, it's this video has more thumbs down than it has thumbs up. Do yourself a favor and save yourself 30 minutes, people, and just put a thumbs down on this video. Then he just goes on about why he hated the video. Then it just takes a really bizarre turn. Then he says, I've always thought black albinos look super fucking weird, creepy almost. What kind of disorder do you have? Because that's just not normal. Then he goes on to say, I would be shocked if you ever hooked up with that waitress. Lol. You are not a good looking man. Of course, 
There is some chick out there who would like to be with some freaky, weird-looking guy, you know, piss off her dad, lol. You look like one of those missing links or some fucking Neanderthal or something weird, some spider dude. Thanks for the shittest, fucking stupidest, most irrelevant, boring content I've ever seen in my life. This is definitely the worst video I've ever tried to watch. Now, I've read maybe a quarter of the comment. Like, he just goes on and on. And it's it's not the most cohesive sentencing, but I don't want to really talk about that because that's just an easy thing to focus on. I'm not really bothered about his grammar, to be honest. I was more concerned, or at least should I say, I was more affected by just the degree to which the attack was personal and like skewed towards my appearance and all that kind of stuff. Here's a fact for you. Never in all my time on, 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 of creating content and having an online presence and, you know, it's probably 15 years and many of you I know have discovered me in the last, you know, year, year, two years, whatever. Like I've been online for ages and in all that time, nothing has ever been that strong and abusive and personal. It was just, it was quite a thing. And, and there was like, again, a sharp inhale of breath and like, it's like, it, it, I was just still for a little bit, just kind of reading it and processing it and thinking, holy fuck. And there's a reason I played that quote from Bob, Bob Proctor at the top of the show, because it's something that I truly believe in. And in the most challenging, difficult, fraught moments, I always just try to tap back into it. So as I was processing what this guy wrote, I was thinking, Bob, according to you, there's a good in everything, right? So where is the good in this situation? Because I kind of have to go out and do some recording with people in the street for my podcast. And this has kind of just taken my mood down a lot. And the only way I can see my mood lifting up is if I can find a good. And it was like, mm, that was a difficult question because I genuinely believe in what Bob says. There's a video on YouTube that I actually, it's the only video I've ever put on YouTube that puts Bob's theory to the test. And it, I was just walking down the street one day. It was torrential rain. I only had a t-shirt on. I was drenched. And I thought to myself, according to Bob, the fact it's raining, you only have a t-shirt and it's drenched, that isn't bad. There's good in this situation. And I thought, well, what's the good? And the only thing I could think of was, what if I went and asked someone if I could share their umbrella? If that person said yes, that would be a beautiful illustration of humanity. And that would be good. That was the only, that was the only positive I could glean from my wet ass, right? So I saw someone a few meters up the road, a boy and a girl with an umbrella. I thought, I'm going to go and ask them if they want to share their umbrella. And what happened was quite beautiful. So go and have a look on my YouTube channel. The video was posted on July 2019. It's called, Would You Share Your Umbrella With A Stranger? And you need to watch that video to understand why I am so resolute that the theory that there is no bad without good is true. The one time I tried it, Publicly, it worked. And I, I always just live by that by that mantra. So as I was processing this guy, I was thinking, there's got to be good in there. Dude, there just has to be. Just keep looking. You're going to find it because it has to be. And the first thing I thought was, well, here's the thing. You're not too dissimilar to this guy that she's written that comment about. You know, and, and it was a really sobering thought and, and it was an accurate one. The reason I don't think we're that dissimilar is because 
if we just take the fact I didn't like my content out of the equation, because I think that's fine and objectively you don't have to like my content, the fact he went into the personal realms of just immaturity, I felt there was a commonality between that and what I posted in response to that woman two days ago and I said bollocks, that they are both immature, let's be honest. They're both unnecessary, they're both immature, and they're both the kind of nonsense you'd expect from a kid. So for me to suddenly see commonality between me and this guy that's just made a, a like hurtful personal attack on me, it wasn't a very nice place for me to be. But I instantly thought, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you need to kind of apologise. I, I don't know if you're currently thinking, mate, you know, saying bollocks to that woman wasn't a big issue, but to me, it suddenly just felt magnified under the under the light of this guy. I just I didn't want to I just didn't want to be like him. Even if it's on a basic level of just being immature. I didn't want to be anything like him. So I just basically jumped onto Instagram and thought, well one good maybe would be to just set right that wrong. Because you're a dick and you shouldn't have just said bollocks. You should have just left it. So I just jumped back onto Instagram. I found that comment and then I replied this to the woman. I'm gonna read you it very quickly. I put hi Please accept my genuine apology for my bollocks remark. On reflection, just because I disagreed wholeheartedly with your perspective, my blunt, childish reply was unnecessary. I would argue that a more harmonious adult response would have been to respect your opinion and move on with my life. Additional to this apology, I wish you a pleasant weekend and thank you for inspiring the next episode of my podcast, CK. Because she kind of has, really. Um, so I sent her that. And then I thought, she has inspired this podcast because thanks to her views on finding people attractive and being attracted to people being two different things. I'm going to go and ask people on the street whether there is a distinction. And then I realized there was another good in that guy's hurtful comments. I thought, well, you know, this guy's clearly, he's got a very dark black personality in terms of there's just no joy or no light in his, it's just like, it's just utterly, it's just a hateful comment he's put, but not every human in the world is like him. There's got to be some nice, open, generous people out there who are actually just nice. So just go and find them, go and ask them, go and ask anybody, but I guarantee, given the fact that you just experienced this shit, you will experience some people that are not on a, that scale. Because Bob says that's the case. So I picked my bag and I left the house. Right, okay. I am in, weirdly enough, if you're listening to last week's show, I'm back in the neighbourhood because I liked the setting. So I've come back here to do my research. I've just spotted two young students. They're both looking at early 20s, probably 21 each, sat at a table doing some work. I'm going to go and approach them and hopefully they're open to helping me with my research. Excuse me guys. Hey, hiya. I can see you're both busy, so I don't want to keep you too long. I'm doing some research into like love and relationships and I'm asking three questions. Would you guys be open to helping me with my research? Always. Yeah. She's got a Romeo Juliet t-shirt on. She has she's, got... She's, she's straight on brand. She has got a Romeo and Juliet t-shirt. That's really sweet. <laughs> My name's CK. What's your name? I'm Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Chelsea. Chelsea. Hi. Can I sit down? Yeah, yeah, There's, yeah, there's only it. three questions, so... That's all right. I'm going to be super quick. And the first question is a two-parter. Okay. Okay. So, whilst in a relationship, Hannah and... 
Chelsea. Chelsea, Hannah and Chelsea. Whilst in a relationship, is it okay to find other humans attractive? Okay, I'm gonna. So that was a collective, yeah. And the second part is there a difference between finding someone attractive and being attracted to someone? Is there a difference? Uh, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. like definition wise, yeah. Because yeah. if you find someone objectively attractive, yeah, then like, yeah, I think you're talking about physicality there. Whereas if you're attracted to somebody, like, I think it's on a different level than. Than looks. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got a bit deep there, but like. No, what? but you, you. Let me tell you why I'm happy you've gone deep because I. Someone mentioned this on Instagram that there's a difference between being attracted to someone and finding someone attractive, and yeah. I didn't understand. And no matter how much I digged into her, I didn't get it. Yeah. So please educate me. No, I think the statement um, being attracted to somebody or finding somebody attractive, they're two different things. Because if you find somebody attractive, I think what you're focusing on is their looks their, and yeah. outward appearance, which I guess is what we and Hannah said it's fine to do in a relationship. But I think if you're attracted to somebody, you're not just looking at their appearance. Somebody's not just their appearance, their, their personality as well. I, I don't know. I think like... there's always a way two people are attracted to each other, do you know what I mean? That's so whatever your type is, and you don't need to tell me that, so whatever your type is, just on face value, you see that person in the street, mm -hmm. it, you will find them attractive, like, yeah, but you won't necessarily yeah. be attracted to them. Yeah, well, because I don't know them. Yeah. So, right, so what I, so here's my assumption. So I think what you're saying there, it's Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea yeah. yeah. So I think what you're saying, Chelsea, is that for you to um, find someone, no, be attracted to someone, there needs to be something beyond the superficial. Is yes. that like fair yeah. to say? I mean, I think there's different levels of attraction. So, like, like we said, if you find somebody attractive, they're like, oh, that it's their looks that have attracted your attention. Yeah. But on a deeper level, to be drawn to somebody, yeah. you have to have something that is not superficial. Do you well, know what I mean? You have to know them. So, have you? But have you ever? Have Have you ever found someone attractive, got to know them, realised they're a bell end, and then, <laughs> and then yeah. completely lost interest? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, most, yeah. I suppose that happens so too. So on the yeah. surface, they're like, wow, you're a good looking lad. But like, deep down, you're like, you're not a, a nice person. Would you concur, Hannah? Would yeah, you? Def I'd definitely say as well, because even if you, I guess if you find someone attractive on a physical level, it sometimes doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, it doesn't just translate. Like, it just doesn't really, what does it like, matter? Like, as in, even if I find someone attractive, I'm not going to like automatically like them just because I yeah. find them attractive. I, I can like, I like, I acknowledge that they're a good looking Yeah, I'm just person. like, I acknowledge you're a good looking person, person, but I don't want to go out with you. Yet, until I find out more. Or... Yeah, I, I mean, I guess just depending on what my brain is <laughs> I'm doing at that very moment in time, but okay. yeah. Okay. Actually, I actually, so I, I approached this today not expecting to actually get it, but you, you've been very articulate. Bravo, <laughs> Chelsea so... and Hannah. Both of you, both of you know, you've actually really helped me out there. That's all right. I wonder if it's, do you think it's a female thing? Do you think men are less, do you think men are more superficial? Do you think we're not bothered about digging deeper? <laughs> like, I don't I, know. I, I wouldn't say they're more superficial. I think that's putting them in a on the whole that's the case then on the whole i think it i think you have to sort of look at these things on a case-by-case -case basis right. i understand that some guys are excuse that they're sort of like laddish and like they sort of feel that stereotype of they don't sort of conform to their feelings or they yeah. don't talk about it a lot but i do think there are 
some guys who are very in touch with their feelings, you know. I think sure. it's always and it's just the same for girls. There's girls who aren't in touch with their yeah, feelings. Some and some of yeah, yeah, and then absolutely. there's some who are. So it's always individual. So I don't think you can look at it from a gender perspective. Fair. Okay. Well, thank you sincerely. And the final question is: I'm just going to give you a scenario, and I would I'd like to invite you both to give me the first word that would explain how you'd feel in that scenario. Like, okay. don't overthink it. Just okay. blurt out the first word. I like this. Psychotherapy. Like <laughs> are we all up for this? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So you're both in a bar with your respective boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. You leave them while you head to the bar to get drinks. Mm-hmm. You come back and find someone hitting on your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. First feeling. Funny. Yeah, I, in a weird way, I'd kind of appreciate it. Be funny. No, because I'd be like, if somebody else hit on my boyfriend, they find him good looking. And yeah. I've scored that. That's <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'd be like, Thanks for the compliment to I my boyfriend. I can see why some people would be jealous of no, it, yeah. but I think I'd personally, I, I think I'd just be like, oh, okay. I think being jealous of it, you have a level of insecurity about your relationship anyway, wouldn't you? I, I don't Like, if you, if yeah, you were confident it, in your relationship, you'd be like, it's nice of you to flirt with my boyfriend, but, you know. That's, that's really, I mean, I'm... I, Historically, when this has happened, I've been like, great, because as far as I'm concerned, that's making my girlfriend feel good because she's feeling attracted. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just don't see any drawback to that scenario. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and and as you like said, that. it's like a backhanded compliment to you, I think. Yeah, kind of. Because <laughs> you're like, that's my boyfriend, and people want to flirt with him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And on a purely basic level, it's like, well, I found you attractive. Why would another human exactly. not? I don't yeah, get it. I don't yeah. kind of get that process to get jealous. Yeah, it, and almost like it's, it's. I guess maybe for some people, it's like a possession. But like, yeah. Session and then like if someone else is hitting on them they're like no that's, that's a whole different level of but that's the whole other yeah. you know, debate I guess but no that, that, that's really for you both for <laughs> neither of you to have a scrap of like jealousy or that's really that's really did you approach us thinking these girls are going to give me like <laughs> proper answers um, I, didn't, I didn't actually have any expectations but equally I didn't necessarily expect both I didn't no I didn't expect to be educated on question one <laughs> and I didn't expect to be cool I'm glad my boyfriend's hot on question <laughs> I'm question too, so go me, high five yeah. me. Yeah. So, five, yeah. <laughs> but listen, thank you so much for your time. Right. I hope I'm not right. too, too, too much, but I really appreciate that, guys. So, all right. Have yeah. All right, see Happy you later. Day. Thank you, see ya. Okay, sitting roughly five feet away from me, there is a guy. I would say he's 22, 22 max, on his own, working at his MacBook. I'm going to go and ask him. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I can see you're busy, so I don't want to be long, but I'm doing some research into like love and relationships. I'm just asking people two questions. Would you be open to helping me out with my research? Is that okay? Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. What's your name? Jack. Jack. I'm CK, mate. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, buddy. I'm going to be super quick, so I don't want to interrupt what you're doing. Yeah, that's all right. right. Thanks, mate. Um, Let me just budge that along. So there's two questions, and the second question, um, the first question has two parts to it. And that question, Jack, is, while in a relationship, is it okay to find someone else attractive? Uh, Yeah. Yeah? 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 Okay, <laughs> fine, that's that. And is there a difference between finding someone attractive and being attracted to someone? 
yeah, I guess. I would say there is, yeah. I think so. Would you would you like to share what you think is the distinction between the two? Um, I think uh, you can make like quite a quick judgment when you see someone if you find them attractive, I guess maybe like visually attractive or visually. Um, and when you get to know someone a bit better, you get to know them a bit more, I think you find a, like a more deeper attraction to them. You I find guess, what? Like a deeper attraction to them, I guess. Like, yeah. This is really interesting, Jack, because everyone I've asked has said pretty much the same thing, which is making me okay. think I'm a caveman. Because I was like, <laughs> I was really struggling to see the difference between um, finding someone attractive and being attracted to someone. Because like, on a really basic level, I like redheads, right? Yeah. So if I see redhead walking down the street, there's a high chance that I will be attracted to her. Yeah. No, I find her attractive, and by virtue of that, it's like I'm attracted to her. I didn't see the difference. What you're saying, it's like a deeper level of emotional and like caring about yeah. their character and personality. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But I guess if you were to define it, it would be the same thing. Like right. Finding, if you find someone attractive and you're attracted to them, logically it kind of seems like the same thing. But That's how I so felt, yeah. but you but you, but you, didn't, you thought it was different though. Yeah, the so. way you word it, it just makes it seem different to me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've given you the redhead example, you're like, well actually they are the same thing, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I still, I still get back what I said, I think. Yeah, like if I was to say I, I find someone attractive, then I think it would mean a different thing to say I was attracted to someone. Like if I said I was attracted to someone, I think that would be like a deeper, more like emotional connection to them. No, if you, if you find, right, if you're attracted to someone, it's deeper. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And if I, I just like find someone attractive, look at them, you know what I mean? For the record, <laughs> I'm getting lost in my own question. <laughs> right. but no, you've been super articulate, Jack. Thank you. And the final question. Yeah. Right. So imagine you're in a real. Oh yeah. Right. So I'm going to give you a scenario. Okay. Yeah. And I want you to give me the first word that would describe how you would feel in that situation. Don't overthink it. Just the All first right. word that comes okay. to you in this yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in a bar with your with your partner. Uh-huh. You go to get you both a drink and leave yeah. your partner alone. Yeah. You come back two minutes later with drinks and you find someone hitting on your partner. First word. How you feel? Inquisitive. I want to know what's going on, like what what she's thinking, what he's thinking. Yeah. Inquisitive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna instantly pass judgment. You're not gonna like instantly pass a judgment on the situation. I feel like if someone was hitting on my girlfriend, she might be polite to them, but I don't think she'd be getting on it. So I wouldn't be too worried. <laughs> That's that's that's. I, I really love the inquisitive. So so the reason I'm the reason I'm I'm curious about that question is because I'm aware of people who their first word would be anger and rage yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. but I'm not in that camp at all because yeah. for two reasons. One, I found my girlfriend attractive, so why should other people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two, great. Hopefully, she's feeling attractive in that scenario because and you want your partner to feel good about themselves yeah, yeah. and most critically high five me because that's my girl <laughs> yeah, exactly, so yeah. so i don't get the jealous thing but i the, the inquisitor is really interesting yeah. so that, what, what did you mean by what's she thinking like does she like this guy too is yeah, it reciprocated yeah. yeah does she like the attention uh does she find him attractive i guess like is she enjoying him hitting on her or is, uh, is she just rather just fucked off like, <laughs> <laughs> and would you would you glean answers to that by what you observe or do you actually Directly ask her, how do you feel? Did you like him or would you not? Uh, I really like, I maybe observe it for a bit, but I'd probably ask her as well. I'd be like, did you enjoy that? Did you like him hitting on you? Like, okay, there are two interesting questions. A, did you enjoy it? Did you like him hitting on you? Would you go as far as to say, did you find him attractive? Because that's, uh, <laughs> this is the yeah, question, Jack. Would you ask that question? Probably, yeah. I think so. 
Wow. Me and my girlfriend have spoken about like other people that we find attractive, like celebrities and stuff. Let's say actual people that we know in person, but I think we both find it okay to find other people attractive. Would it be a bit too close to home if you spoke about yeah, your circle? So, yeah, so you, be, yeah. you actively avoid that. Yeah. Final, all right, all right. So, who, who, who do you both? Um, this is just for me. This isn't for research. Um, who do you both find attractive, celebrity-wise? Who's both on your list? Um, we both had Brad Pitt on there. Yeah. We both had uh, what's the face, Margot Robbie. Good calls. Yeah. Good shouts. Yeah. Good shout. I can't believe Brad's still big in 2020. Brad's still. <laughs> Brad's always big. <laughs> yeah, he's always big. I think. Fair enough. Listen, Jack, I can't thank you enough for your time, yeah, man. I'm no really worries. grateful and um, yeah, thank you, buddy. <laughs> that was fun. All right, mate. Take care. Have, Have a good day, mate. See you later. Oh, Jack, Hannah, Chelsea. Within the space of 15 minutes, I just again had to doff my cap to Bob Proctor and his unflinching belief in the law of opposites. Let's have a bit more from Bob and then I'm going to share with you how I felt before I approached Hannah and Chelsea. There has to be a positive and a negative for anything to exist. The law of, there's a law of gender that decrees that. Science understands it. It's taught in science. Well, once we understand that there's these, this law of opposites, there's negative thoughts or positive thoughts. As the thought energy flows into our mind, we decide what we're going to think. Person's out of work. They can decide to think I can't find a job, but they can decide to think I can. Make no mistake. As I left the house ready to record interviews with people that don't know who I am, don't know what I'm doing, don't know why I'm doing it. All I had playing over in my head was this guy saying, you look weird. You're fucking abnormal. You look really creepy, dude. Don't leave the house. But, and I feel like I'm over-egging the issue here. My belief in Bob's law of polarity is so strong that I knew that it was inconceivable that I would encounter a bell end. It just wasn't probable because for every bad, there's a good. For every good, there's a bad. And I only approached three sets of people. Hannah and Chelsea were the first people. They were really open, receptive, fun and warm. In fact, as I was leaving that coffee shop, Chelsea had left. Hannah was still sat at the table and she said, oh, CK, we really, really enjoy talking to you, by the way. What, 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 what are you doing the research for? So I had another five minute chat with Hannah. Jack was the second person I, I approached. He was great. And the third person was a man called Mike, who was in his late 50s. And I'm going to share my conversation with Mike with you in a second. My point is simply this. I didn't approach anyone who declined to talk to me. I approached three sets of people and all three were warm, receptive and open because I wasn't willing to accept that I was going to encounter hostility. It just, it wasn't probable. I've already had my dose of hostility for the day, so I could only find good. Guys, my question is simple. Before this whole scenario of the YouTube comment and then Jack... Chelsea, Hannah, like if I'd have just said to you that there's no good without bad and there's no bad without good, would you be thinking bollocks? And do you still think that? I'm genuinely fascinated because if listening to the stuff I'm talking about now, two years ago, I'd have switched off. I'd be surprised if anyone's actually still listening because I know that some people are really turned off by this whole spiritual hippie-ish tree hugger sandal wearing nonsense. <laughs> 
to be fair, I was 100% against it. Well, I wasn't against it. I just didn't necessarily, I wasn't receptive to it. It's probably the best way, but you know, I'm leaning into it now. I'm leaning into it. I'm figuring out that I don't have all the answers to everything. There's more answers out there to be explored. And I'm quite enjoying the journey and talking to Chelsea and Hannah and Jack instantly I was thinking yeah this this is once again proved the, the law of polarity and I'm a big fan I'm a big big fan and I'd be fascinated to know if you have any anecdotal evidence of the law of polarity as well is there ever anything that's been bad even retrospectively because this is very much in the moment for me you know I felt bad leaving the house and I instantly told myself you're going to find great people and I did but sometimes it's retrospectively you think back about a situation five years ago when you thought the worst thing in the world had happened to you but actually it turned out to be a saving grace and something great came out of that situation can you share any anecdotal evidence either in the moment or retrospectively with the benefit of hindsight that proves the law of polarity or conversely do you think it's utter bollocks and some things are just shit i'm now saying this thinking again caroline flack i'm speculating that she's taken her own life here what possible good is there in that i'm struggling but as i'm saying i'm struggling i'm thinking on a very basic level i now appreciate just being alive and i'm now looking at all the little niggles and annoyances and irritations that I have in my life and I'm putting them into perspective and I'm, and I wasn't necessarily doing that before I read that Caroline Flack has died so is that an appropriate in inverted commas good for me to find in such a hideous scenario I don't know but here's the thing I'm going to play you my final conversation with someone that I had on Wednesday And this is what I think is the biggest good that has come out of that hideous, ugly, upsetting remark that the guy showered upon me this week on YouTube. The the best thing I've been able to find out that scenario is this, and I'm super satisfied with this, and I actually genuinely believe it. As I've said, 15 years creating content with it that lives online, this is the most hurtful thing anyone's ever put, and... I'm not even well-known. Like, I'm a, in the greatest scheme, I'm, a, I'm, okay, next to Kevin Hart, next to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, right? Next to all of the aforementioned, I'm a mere blip in the ocean, yet I've already got a comment that spiteful. And as I have plans to become more visible and for my content to attract more eyeballs and for my work to develop more traction... I find it inconceivable that I'm ever going to encounter a comment that can exceed that one. I find it inconceivable. I mean, where else can they go? I mean, bar bar like a death threat or a revelation about me having a really small penis. Like, where else can anybody go? God, I told myself I was going to take out all the knob jokes, but, you know, you just can't keep the good ones down, I suppose. But... Like, where else can somebody go? And I just thought to myself, you do want to become more visible. So already you've you, you've got an understanding and appreciation and a feeling for what a truly hurtful comment can do to you. You've got that now. So it won't be a shock when you become more visible and team troll assemble en masse. Guys, look, let's be honest. M- my appearance to some 
is a troll's wet dream. I'm actually surprised I've only had one comment of this nature in 15 years. And actually, the more I thought about it, the more that made sense to me, because I am like a troll's wet dream, like Jesus. You could pull apart the way I look all day long if you are that way inclined. So the fact I've only had one in 15 years, that's a pretty good return on creative investment. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So maybe that, again, is the good. You know, it's easy for me to sit there and get upset. It's like, mate, Jesus, once in 15 years, that's pretty good going, to be fair. And that, for me, that is probably the best good that I... In fact, no, actually, I'm going to give the best good to Hannah, to Jack, to Chelsea, and to Mike, who you're going to hear in seconds. But yeah, it's been a really interesting journey this week. So your homework is... Is there always a good to every bad? Do you believe that to be the case? Genuinely fascinated. Let me know. And you and I will speak next week. Right. Okay. I wanted to approach a broad spectrum of people. And I've just seen a guy. He looks like in his late 50s. I'm going to ask him. Excuse me. Hiya, sorry to interrupt, I can see you're busy so I don't want to be too long. I'm doing some research into love and relationships and I'm just asking people two questions. Would you be open to helping me with my questions? Is that alright? It'll only take about probably two minutes max. Thank you very much, thank you. Might I join you? Is that okay? <laughs> thank you very much, thank you. What's your name? My name's CK, by the way. Steve. Steve, hiya Steve. I'm just going to ask you two questions. The first question has two parts and then the second question one part. Cool. Right, so Steve, part one, is there... Hang on, I forgot my question. Right, when in a relationship, Steve, is it okay to find other people attractive? From my point of view, uh, yes. Um, I'm not sure whether my partner would agree, but uh, yeah, I think it's inevitable that you would... notice someone's attractive yeah yeah it's inevitable i mean i would lean towards sharing your view on that it's almost biology yeah and second question is there a difference between finding someone attractive steve and being attracted to someone there could be but um yeah you can sort of notice Although there's, there's something about being attracted, finding someone attractive, it's not always, it's not always stereotypical, I think. So you could be attracted to someone who's not sort of conventionally attractive, I suppose. You know, like, it's a lot to do with personality as well. So you could get someone who's like a bar, Barbie doll style model, who sort of might have, be conventionally attractive, but not find them attractive. Right. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot is, for me, is about personality as well as appearance, really. So, to, de to extend on that, do you say that the personality is what takes you from finding someone attractive to being attracted to someone? The personality will lean you towards being attracted to them, whereas finding someone attractive is just like an instant guttural thing almost. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, you, if there's someone like, oh, you could be someone who maybe you aren't initially attracted to, but then you, you get to know them and you find them more attractive because of the personality, or there's something clicks between you. 
That's really interesting, but there is definitely a distinction, as far as you're concerned, between the two things. There's... Yeah. Okay, interesting. And the final question, I'm going to give you a scenario, a situation, Steve, and I would like you to just give me the first word that describes how you'd feel in that scenario. Just a third word, don't overthink it, first word. Okay, so you're in a bar with your partner, and you leave your partner to go and get some drinks. You come back three minutes later, and you find someone chatting up, hitting on your partner. First word. Uh, probably annoyed, but uh, irritated, maybe. But, you know, I'm sure she can handle it. But it's something that I know, in terms of my part, she doesn't particularly like. Oh, she, she doesn't like what, Steve? Before we were together, she probably wouldn't like wouldn't like that kind of situation. But, but it depends. <laughs> I suppose a lot depends on whether the attention was welcome or not. Really, you know, it, sort of, if it was in a very forceful kind of way. Depends on the tone of it. Is someone just being friendly, but someone being over, overly, yeah. kind of creepily, yeah. hitting on her. Yeah. Which I would sort of assume would be that someone hitting on someone is like someone being a bit over the top, really. So. That's yeah, that's re yeah. I think yeah, that's really interesting. So if we, yeah, you, you've decoded my question literally. So if if there were being pleasant, nice, they yeah. just found your wife attractive, they weren't aware that you existed, so they were just letting her know that they found her attractive, but they weren't being aggressive or In forceful. In a way, I might be quite flattered by that, that they found her attractive. Um, so it, it could apply, but if they were being too pushy and forceful, I, I might get a bit annoyed about it. But yeah. In some ways, I'd be quite sort of flattered that they thought she was attractive. Really. So, so your annoyance so, uh, wouldn't be I, on the situation yeah. per se, it would be more how that person was behaving, more, more than just the situation. That, I might be annoyed if she felt threatened by it, but I wouldn't be sort of jealous about it if someone just came over because they thought she was attractive. Because high five Steve, because that's my wife, right? <laughs> so I'm not the jealous type, really. You're not the jealous type? No. Interesting. Well, that's my questions, and I'm really grateful for your time. And again, I know you're reading your papers, so I don't want to take too long, but thank you for your time. Yeah. All right, Thanks. have a good day. You. See ya. <laughs> I don't even know if you could hear Steve because he was very softly spoken, but two things. One, I got his age wrong. I would say Steve is late 50s, I reckon. Um, early 60s maybe and I like talking to them a lot so happy Valentine's Day people